Welcome to Poppin' the Lid on All Things Real Estate with Tina Miller-Light and Sherry Ann Houser-Bush, your place to tune in every Thursday, Thursday and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and lighthearted manner. Happy Thirsty Thursday, everybody! It's Sherry and Tina. We're in a good mood today for we some are. reason. Well, you know, it's kind of towards the end of summer. Well, would you say it's towards the end of summer right now? Well, Labor Day is next week, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the end of this week. Oh, yeah, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> They're all starting to blend together. We haven't been drinking. <laughs> but we're still experiencing hot weather. Yeah, it's cooling down for yes. sure. We're, we're excited. So what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about all the ways that realtors provide value to you. There are a lot of steps that we take and things that we do to serve you as our customers. And so that's kind of going to be what we're hitting on today. Yeah, all of the value we provide. So first things first, when the phone rings, we answer it. (laughs) Oh my God, Jinxie, got to buy me a Coke, make it a Diet Coke. A Diet Coke, okay. Yes, we answer the phone when our clients call, either referring us if they need to sell or buy another home, or if someone's calling that we've never met before and they've, you know, heard about us through advertising or one of our clients. Yeah, that's important. I mean, it sounds so lame we answer our phone, but you guys, it's really important that you have a realtor that's going to answer the phone when you call or at least get back to you within a reasonable amount of time. If you've got a realtor that's not returning your calls, that's gonna be indicative of the communication style throughout the process, and that's no bueno. Yeah, that's definitely a sign right from the very beginning. If they're not communicating with you right up front, then you probably wanna move on to someone else. Exactly. And. Another thing that we do once we talk with you and we find out what your needs are, then we immediately start our research process. And that involves going in and researching any comparables for your specific listing, either you're wanting to purchase or you're wanting to sell. And we have a lot of ways to bring up that information through our local multiple listing service. Um, We have many apps and just various ways that we can confirm what your property details are and what the comps are, what things are selling for in your neighborhood. Right. And then also one of the things we do is we check tax records. Yes. Just to make sure, you know, the name's on the title right. There's no... Sometimes you will see something that pops up showing that it's going into foreclosure soon. Just get a complete you know, picture of the history of the home before we even go in. Yeah, that's important too because we also want to make sure that you're, if you're calling because you're the, wanting to sell the property, we have to make sure that you are the seller that we're dealing with. Right, because sometimes I'll look at one, somebody will call me and they want to sell their house and I'll look at it. And text records and it shows it's in a trust and so that tells me going in that I'm gonna need some very specific information from the seller before we can even write a listing appointment yeah so just verifying your legal name it's a listing appointment a listing agreement listing agreement yeah same thing 
a little slow today. Well, also, if if you're going into a listing appointment knowing it's in a trust, then maybe there's more people involved that you need to be speaking with besides just the one individual. Right. Exactly right. Especially if it's going to be a probate situation. Those can get a little bit um, more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're also looking at, um, and this I've run into uh, searching for properties for some of my clients, checking to see what the property's land use coding and deed restrictions are. Mm -hmm. So if it's restricted to just use for ag, then we got to make sure, you know, exactly what type of property it is. Just in case you want to purchase it to build a home on, can you or can you not? So those are some other reasons why we pull the tax records to see all of that information up front. We also will go ahead and start putting our uh, preparing our presentation for the listing appointment, and we put all of that all of that information in the listing appointment package. All right, and we when we get there, we're showing up with that presentation packet, but. As soon as I pull up to a house, and I get there a little early, and I drive the neighborhood. Do you put one of your costumes on? Please don't tell me you do. I, I negative Ghost Rider. Okay, good. That's a that's a podcast for a completely different day. So I drive the neighborhood. I want to get a feel for you know how the neighborhood's taken care of. What are the existing homes like? Are there any other homes for sale in the neighborhood that didn't show up on my comparables? Like perhaps there's a for sale by owner or something. Um, so I just want to get a complete picture and then when I pull up I'm looking at the landscaping the curb appeal I'm checking to see if there's peeling paint on in front of the house or torn window screens anything that's going to help me kind of once I get inside narrow down those comps to a more specific kind of price because when we're a lot of clients are looking at Zillow yeah to get their listing price and it's you can't so hard to do it's a good kind of a jumping off point but the thing with Zillow and some of these online evaluations is they don't know the house they don't know the house could be falling down on the inside and they don't know that and so the comp is going to be much higher than it should be well even the neighborhood and curb appeal is hard to decipher online yeah you know it's better to see it in person because exactly. a lot of times your clients, buyers might show up, well, that's not the kind of neighborhood I was anticipating, mm-hmm. you know. So I've had clients not even want to get out of the car. Oh, I have too. So it's good to know exactly what what you're get, going into, what the neighborhood looks like. Like you said, um, a lot of times your neighbors might have someone interested in in purchasing the home. I've had open houses where... The neighbors have come through and saying, oh, this, you know, our neighborhood has come a long way over the years. We've really worked on hard on cleaning it up. And um, I've got, you know, Uncle Sally or cousin uh, Mabel. Uncle Sally. Aunt Sally. (laughs) uh, Cousin Mabel, you know, looking for a house. And I'd love for them to, you know, move into the neighborhood with me. So I want to live next door to Uncle Sally. Uncle Sally. Hey, you never know. These days, right? So another thing while we're on that topic of not knowing until you get inside the house, smell. Oh, yeah. Smell is huge. Zillow doesn't know what a house smells like. Yeah. And if your house smells like cigarette smoke or it smells like pet 
you know, odor. I'm just going to leave it at odor. That That is really, really bad. And that's going to take a lot of money off the price of your house. Well, and there's also, uh, if we know going into it up front, we can offer some um, suggestions on how to counter counterattack those odors. Um, there's companies out there that we can hire that will come in with their heavy-duty machinery and try their best to get some of those smells out of your home because it is important to make sure you're putting your best foot forward when you put your house on the market. Yeah, and that can be costly and difficult to do. Cigarette smoke, I mean, it gets into your ducts. you got to clean your duct yeah. Same with pet odor. So just be mindful when you're getting ready to list your house of the smells and ask your friends. And sometimes your friends don't want to hurt your feelings and you're going to say, no, your house doesn't smell when it really smells like dog pee. So just be mindful if you have pets. Yeah. Or, you know, we're both fur baby lovers. Sometimes maybe the dog needs a bath or it needs a good carpet cleaning. Or, yeah, and a good tip if you do have pets is... Before you list your house, before you know before it goes on the market, give the dog a bath, wash all the dog's bedding, you know, wash the furniture, the couches, anything where the dogs lay. That's gonna help. Yes, help out some and do some good plugins, smell scent plugins. Mm-hmm. Not overdose though, because no. usually you can tell if they're trying to hide a smell. No, there's nothing worse than a smell of dog pee and flowers combined. <laughs> that's, that's not a good smell. <laughs> We're also wanting to verify schools. Um, a lot of times when we list properties, we will notate that the buyer, it's the buyer's responsibility or the buyer's agent to verify exactly what schools that property is located in. But we will, we will go ahead and look that up to try and make sure that our information that we're listing on the property is as accurate as that as that can be but it is ultimately up to the buyer if it's important to them uh, what schools they are in what school district that they go on and verify that a lot of the schools i know in our area the school districts have maps and you just plug in the address and it tells you exactly what elementary middle school and high school that property would lie in yeah really handy tools we're also going to come in and discuss your goals. What, what are your goals that you're trying to accomplish? Why are you moving? Where are you going? And that'll tell us kind of how to market your property in the most effective way to get you top dollar as quick as possible or if you're, you know, depending on your timeline, slow it down some. But we really want to understand your goals so that we know how to best serve you. Yeah, and we want to be able to explain the work that you do behind the scenes is going to benefit you and what your availability is on the weekend. So when we're setting up showing times, you know, when we can get into the property, when when the buyer's agents can bring their, you know, clients through, we need to make sure you need to make sure your property is available, but at the same time, we want to make sure that it's easily accessible. Right. And so for an example, if you are a new family, you've got a new baby, and we want to make this as convenient for you as possible. We want to schedule showings around baby's nap times. 
And when we want to schedule open houses, we just want to be mindful of that. But we do want to do these open houses so that we can get as many people through your home as quickly as possible so we can get a quick sale and, you know, the least amount of inconvenience for you, the better. Yes, and we're also, in the same time, screening the buyers. So any buyers that come through, typically their agent or say it's an open house and we're there, we're trying to make sure that, you know, these are qualified buyers and we're protecting our sellers from any curiosity seekers, like people that really don't have good intentions sometimes Mm -hmm. that show up to open houses. So, you know, we're also keeping that in mind and protecting our sellers from um, exposure. So anytime you're having an open house or have your house on the market in general, we like to advise our clients to hide your valuables, um, medication, anything like that. We do, when we have buyers that are coming through with their agents for a scheduled appointment, we do have a lockbox and so they cannot get in without their agent in that lockbox and we can track how buyers are coming in and out and how long they're staying during that. But open houses is a little bit trickier, but we do have people sign in and we keep a close eye on them while they're in the home. Yes. But, you know, still safety first. Make sure that you're hiding those valuables and those conversations that we're going to have with you during the listing appointment. Yes. So we do we do work up a showing instructions based on your requirements and needs that we put into the MLS as our showing instructions for all other agents. So they are aware if there's any specific needs, like make sure the cat or the dog doesn't get out of the house when you're showing or turn off all the lights, make sure all the locks are locked, things like that. So we're making sure that if you're not there, that all of those things are being taken care of. And it's best not to have your pets present. So if you can get them out, get them out. But if not, then we're, you know, like Tina said, we're we're gonna address how to handle that with buyer's agents when they come in. That is true. I remember um, I did an open house last year with another agent and it was her listing. The owners had, the sellers had, I think two cats. And they were very specific about not letting the cats out because the cats lived in the house. And it was a rainy day. And at the end of the, towards the end of the open house, actually at the beginning of the open house, before anyone got there, we were looking for the cats. Could not find the cats. So it was on our mind the whole time, you know, don't let the cats out. But we never saw the cats. And so... We were thinking at the end of the open house, did the cats go out when we first opened the door? You know, those kind of things are a little bit stressful. But um, like you said, if you can remove the pets from your house, it's probably best. Just in case little accidents do might happen. Yeah, I had one. I was doing an open house once and a cat came in to the house. <laughs> did the cat live there? No, the cat did not oh, live no. there. The cat came in to the open house and, you know. Checking I, it out. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. came in and I texted the seller and said, do you guys have a cat? And they're like, no. There's a cat in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> it was the neighbor's cat. The neighbor's cat had came in with somebody. I guess they didn't notice her. They thought it belonged there and letting me and the cat's just kind of wandering around the house. Really sweet cat. But, you know, I quickly put it back outside and told yes. everybody, don't let the cat in. He really wanted in. Aw. 
Well, besides marketing information, we're also going to be reviewing and explaining all the clauses in the listing contract and any addendums, and then get the seller's signature on the listing agreement. We're also going to be working with the title company right away to pull any title information to make sure. One of the things that what they'll do is they offer what we call seller's property title insurance. And that insurance for the seller means that the, pro the title company is stating they're looking to see if there's anybody else on title of that house. So down the road after it is sold, is there anybody that can come back and say, I was part owner in that home that you sold and I want my fair share? Right. We do have, if anybody's interested in that, if you want to go back to previous podcast, I think maybe six podcasts back, um, we did have Andy Kern and Brooke Mathias from Fidelity National Title come on, and the whole topic was title insurance and why it's important. So if anyone wants to go back and listen to that podcast, it's got some really great information all about that title insurance. Yes, it does. So that is definitely something we have to make sure that is covered. And then we obviously, you know, another thing that is helpful, I don't know how many transactions you've come across where, especially in the older homes, if the seller has the original plans to the home, I've very rarely come across that, especially in older homes, but it is helpful especially if someone wants to purchase the home and then come in and do some renovations. they A lot of clients will ask, do you know if they have the original plans? So if you do have those plans, keep them safe because they do come in handy. Oh yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody ask me, did this used to be this and how this has to be added on and how was this laid out originally? I'm like, I have no idea. So it would be cool if people have those, they can hang on to them. Yes. So we kind of have like a, an archive of things. So we can kind of tell, I mean, I guess if you've done it with permits too, you could go down to the city and pull permits and kind of get an idea. Yeah. Well, especially if whoever's selling is not the original owner or maybe the family of the original owner that passed away and they're selling the house now. I've had that a few times happen. We also want to be at that time exploring and discussing different financing, buyer financing options with the seller so they understand as offers come in what we're going to be looking for as the, their representative, as their realtor. We're going to be looking at different financing options, so FHA, conventional, VA, they all have their plus and minuses, and we're also going to be verifying with their lender the buyer's lender uh, a pre-approval letter how strong the strength of their offer the strength of their loan things like that another conversation that we're having with sellers in regards to um, financing is sometimes we'll go to a list appointment and we'll look and this will not go fha va government loan because of the condition of the home and so we're going to be telling you okay Due to the condition, we're narrowing it now. We're squeezing our buyer pool down to, okay, we can only work with cash buyers or we can only work with conventional buyers. And then advising you, letting you make your decision on, do you want to do some of the necessary repairs to be able to get 
a bigger buying pool and get some of these government backed loans as well. That's true. It's very important. So an educated realtor will know to explain that to you and, and will know what your home would be able to do as far as any kind of financing. Yeah, I'm going through that right now with one of my my sellers and we're kind of trying to figure out, you know, do we want to sell it for cash? Do we want to put a roof on it and try to get... Uh, like yeah, you're weighing all the different buyers. options. Yeah. Weighing all the options. So that's so important. That's, yeah, and then we've also got another thing we're going to be asking if you live in a HOA community where there's an HOA fee, monthly fee, we need to know that up front so we can start working with the HOA to get paperwork and documents that are going to be important to have. Right, and know what it covers because a lot of times, most of the time when you're in a gated community, you are in HOA. And without fail, when people come in an open house or when they're writing their offers, it almost always comes up, what does the HOA cover? And yes. so we need to know that as well so that we can put it in our marketing remarks right off the bat. Also, we're going to be looking at researching city sewer and septic tank systems. So usually in the city, if you're in the city, typically you're on city uh, septic and utilities. And um, if you're kind of in the country or mountain areas, you're probably going to have propane and probably a sewage system on site there. So we need to make sure what you have so we can, we can um, market it accordingly. And also, if you do have, if you are on a water well, sometimes it's helpful to um, have what the depth and status of output of that well is. And if you're having it regularly maintained, then the company that's maintaining that should be able to provide that information to you. Yeah, y'all take care of those septic systems. Oh, yeah. If we both not, had some really doozies, huh? Man, nobody wants to come into your house and deal with your literal, I'm going to say it, your literal shit. Yeah, well, and I think part of the problem there is people are not educated. Yeah. When they buy a home, some of them don't even realize that you have to maintain those systems. And a septic system, yeah, you can go probably, you know, so many years without worrying about it. But eventually, you've got to have that pumped because not all of your waste Good. goes out. It sits in the tank and you have to have that, you know, stuff pumped out of the tank. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, 30-something years into your home and you're gonna to wanna to sell it, and then you're gonna to have to replace the whole, you know, spend thousands of dollars to replace the whole system because it's not worth the crap. <laughs> We've seen it happen many times. Mm -mm, nobody wants that. We're also gonna be checking to see verifying security systems. If you do have a owned or rented security system, solar, things like that. We, we need to know what's on the property what comes with the property, what's leased. Also, another important thing is if your home was built pre-1978, that would put you in the, you would need to have a lead-based paint disclosure filled out because a lot of lead-based paint was pre-1978. 
So we need to we need to have you fill out a disclosure if you're aware of any lead paint in the home. Those are really important disclosures that you're going to have to come across. And then just a detailed list of property amenities so we can make sure that when we're marketing your property that we're aware of everything that is in your home, all the upgrades you've done over time, any major repairs, if there's a new AC system, if there's a new water heater, if there's a new roof, you know, how old those things are because that does become very important to buyers. Right, and that's also gonna be important on appraisal day because when the appraisal is done, so the appraisal is ordered by the buyer's lender and the listing agent is actually the one they'll call set that appointment up with the listing agent. Now, part of our job is to meet this appraiser out there and provide them with the list of any improvements that you've made to the home that are going to help justify our price. And so it's really important that you're telling us, you know, we've we laid the floors, we put in the granite counters, we did this, we did that. We need those not only to market the home, but to justify our price to the appraiser. Right. And I don't know if a lot of sellers realize this, but you've probably heard of home warranties that, you know, a buyer will buy which will protect them from any unexpected things that might come up during their first couple of years of purchasing the home. Well, there's also a seller home warranty that we like to make our sellers aware of, and that is for the duration of the escrow or the time that it's put on your home's put on the market, just in case anything comes up that you weren't aware of or that needs, you know, you might have a broken water line, God forbid, while you're in escrow. And so those home warranties will protect sellers as well. Speaking of protection, as soon as you put a for sale sign in the front yard, you've kind of put yourself at risk for a couple of different things. There are people that will go online, they'll see your house is for sale, and then they'll put out a fake ad and try to rent your house or sell your house on their own and trick people into paying them money. That's one thing I've found some of my listings for sale on Craigslist. Um, I'm not the only agent that that's happened to. So that's one thing. The other thing is, if you're selling your home vacant, I highly suggest that you, if you don't have an alarm, that you at least temporarily put an alarm in the house until it closes escrow because if someone breaks into the home and they squat in it, it's very hard to get them out and they can do a lot of damage to your house. And I remember a story from a couple of years ago, this happened and some buyers moved in and they went to get another load of stuff or something and some people came in and they moved their stuff in and the sheriff came out, couldn't get them out. They had to go through a whole legal process to get them out and they destroyed this house. And the buyers had to stay in a hotel, put out all that money and then come in and fix the house back up. Do you remember this? Yes, it was on the news. It was in Clovis. Yes. And so for your peace of mind, Put something temporary in there to help protect you. Well, we just did a podcast with David Shea from yes. Complete Home Services. A couple and weeks ago. yes, and he can provide that kind of service. It's not that expensive, 
and it's worth every dime to protect your home. Right, and then he also offers all Realty Concepts clients a, a discount on those alarms. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about selling and you're gonna have your house vacant, please reach out to us so that we can help protect your house in that way. Yes, and if you're selling, if you are selling a investment property, so it's you're renting to tenants, we need to know that. We need to know what your rent you're receiving because all of that information will have to be disclosed to the new buyer. So just make sure you've got your rent roll and all your information. If you're going to be, work with your realtor too because it might be in your best interest depending on the situation if those tenants can stay after you sell the property or if you're needing to give them some kind of notice that you're selling the property or if they need to vacate prior to it being sold. So those are all very important things to keep in mind if you are looking at selling your investment property. Those tenants also have to be given a written notice. A verbal notice isn't gonna cut it. And so if you give your tenants a verbal notice that they have to be out in X amount of days, that doesn't matter, it doesn't fly. You have to do that in writing, just an FYI. Yes. So we're also going, besides kind of giving you guidance on how to improve curb appeal, maybe there's certain things inside the home that, you know, small things make a big difference. Your realtor is going to be going in and giving you advice on what's going to get you most bang for, you know, your money. And we're going to be also scheduling photos. And we like to have all that done before the photos are taken because those photos are gonna be going out on the internet and that's typically how we're going to attract buyers. So we wanna make sure we're using top-notch quality photographers. There's also an array of different opportunities or options as far as media. So we're doing drone now. There's, you know, it depends on your property. If you've got a large country property or just a larger property, sometimes drones Overhead photography is good, video. Interior and exterior photos, making sure they're top quality and not just taken by your agent's telephone. Um, we, we need to make sure we put our best foot forward. If you've got something out that you don't want the world to see, put it away. If you've got, if you've got pictures of your kids out that you don't want on the internet or anything like that, we're going to advise you to put those things away because once it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. forever. Yes. And we're going to be also using all of those photos or some of them to do print ad and marketing your home through flyers and postcards to your neighbors, to your neighborhood. So we got to make sure that it's top quality. I had, I had uh, actually, I was looking on the internet MLS one day, and I was looking at a property, and I came across a photo. It was in the bedroom. It was a picture of one of the bedrooms, and you could see the bed, but then at the end of the bed, you could see these two feet hanging off the bed. So it's like they threw a cover over the person that was in the bed and took a picture. I was like, oh, I was horrified. I thought they need to take this picture off. Yeah, I had a listing a few years ago and it had tenants in it. 
and they were very upset because they had to get out and when I came for the listing photos they had laid a gun on the bed oh they were upset yeah they were sending me a message yeah and I wasn't going to touch it no way I was touching it and so I took the covers and I pulled it up over <laughs> over the gun and I was like oh, oh gosh. my gosh and also if you have something valuable you you know something's going to be worth a lot of money you don't want that in your listing photos because no. you've got people looking and not to scare you guys but I mean people do case houses online and look to see in the listing photos what they've got and if they want to come and like visit the house so just keep in mind valuable artwork and all that stuff while it's beautiful it has no place in your listing photos exactly for your own safety yes and we're also going to be coordinating showings with owners tenants and other agents to uh, make sure that we know who's coming and going because there will be an electronic lockbox device put on the property somewhere that only licensed realtors can access and so your listing agent, your realtor should be on the ball. We'll know we'll be notified each time that box is open so we know when someone's getting the key out. Right. We can also schedule certain hours that that lock box will and will not work. And then there's another layer of security called a CBS code and so if a realtor goes in and they pop that box and we don't want them to pop the box, they have to have a code that we give them in addition to that. So it's just an extra layer of security. Yeah. We're also going to be returning all those phone calls that come in about your property from other agents, any buyers out there that saw the listing on the internet, things like that. We're also going to be reporting back to the seller daily or weekly on how many calls were received, how many people saw the home, if there was any interest, if there's any offers received. Yeah, we're asking for feedback from showings too. I yes. will hound <laughs> I will hound the crap out of another realtor to get feedback for my clients because I just don't want an agent to go show it and then we never hear from them again. I want to know, I want that feedback for my sellers. You know, yeah. what did it stink? Is it priced too high? Did the layout not work? What specifically is it that isn't interested, interesting enough for your buyers to write an offer? Because that feedback is important. Yes, it's very important. And we have a way on our multiple listing service and internet marketing, it tracks how many people are viewing that listing, how many people clicked on it, how many people opened it. We also provide our marketing information to our relocation clients, our relocation services. And, you know, it goes out to everyone. We mail out postcards, just listed postcards to everybody in your neighborhood. So we are tracking all of that information and how people are coming to us, what's working. We also, as Sherry said, require feedback um, from other buyer's agents to find out what their clients thought of the property. You know, was it was it dirty? What I mean, what, what did their clients like about it? What did their clients not like about it? And we can use that feedback, like Sherry was saying, to go back to the seller if we need to make any adjustments. Yeah, you know? if you think your house doesn't stink and your friends are telling you your house doesn't stink, I promise you these buyers are gonna tell you if your house stinks or not. That's right. 
So once we, we get all that, let's say we do all the showings, then we go into receiving offers. So once we receive offers, we start reviewing them immediately and we evaluate things like, you know, we evaluate it and prepare a net sheet for our sellers. Yeah. So the sellers will know based on that offer exactly what their proceeds are going to be in the end. Right. And we break it down, you know, what are the terms? for each offer, the pros and the cons. And I like to put, I do a spreadsheet and lay it out side by side. And so they can look at them all at once and very easily get, okay, this one's a 30 day escrow. This one's a 60 day escrow. This one's got a, a $2,000 deposit. This one's got a $4,000 deposit. This one's waiving their inspections. This one's waiving their appraisal. Like all the pros and cons very easily for the buyers to see. Yes, because it's very important that we know exactly each offer is gonna be a little bit different. And we're also making sure that we have all of the buyers pre-qualification letters if it's if they're taking a loan. If they're offering cash, then we're asking them to verify the funds, you know, whether it's out of their bank account or maybe they're taking something out on their retirement plan. Where's the money coming from? We want to make sure that they're they're showing us. Show us where the money is, right? And <laughs> and we're oh, also right. meeting with our sellers to sit down and go over all that. Give them all the options. Explain all the options, it, Tina. Explain everything to them. And ultimately, they're the ones that are making the choice. Yes. But we'll help you guys. We're your coach. Yes. We're not there to tell you what to do. We're there to coach you through it. That's right. Just in time for football season, let us be your You're real estate quarterbacks. I love it. Boom. Who, oh, wait. Who's your team? Titans. That's right. Mine are the Cowboys. Do we play each other? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think we don't play each other. I don't think we do this year. We played, we played the Texans, or we are playing the Texans. So once we get into contract, the seller has um, received offers and has, a, has decided to go and accepted one offer we re, we go into escrow we record and um, the deposit so there is an earnest money deposit that the buyer has to give and that goes directly to title within and three days within three days and then we provide copies of all the signed contracts to both parties to the title company escrow they're also going to start doing a um, NHA, any disclosures, we have to go back and forth. We, the disclosures have to be provided to the buyers from the seller, but also we have a natural hazard disclosure that is always mandatory that someone has to pay for. Usually it's the seller and we order that and that gets provided to the seller, the buyer and escrow. And that states all the different conditions of the environment that the property's in if it's in an earthquake zone if it's in a flood zone fire zone things like that so that's the part once we get into escrow that takes usually the first couple days all that starts to go get into get in order and then we go into scheduling inspections oh wait something important once you get into escrow as a seller, you have seven days to provide all of your disclosures to the buyer. 
And this is where, this is really why you shouldn't for sell by owner and use an agent because these disclosures are so very important. This is where people get sued. Yes. And so we will explain thoroughly these disclosures to you. And then there's also a disclosure advisory that's going to tell you exactly how to fill these disclosures out. And so seven days. So we're going to give these disclosures to you right after we sign the listing agreement so you can be working on them. And you guys, you need to be very, very thorough when you're filling these things out. And then we're going to get these back to the buyers within the first seven days of opening escrow along with that NHD that Tina talked about in the preliminary report that's being provided by title. Yeah, and those disclosures from the sellers really tell the buyer about the property. Yeah. If there was any anything the, the seller is aware of about the property. So like Sherry said, they're very important and we've seen lawsuits come out of them because they're not properly disclosing things. So if you've had some kind of water damage or something where you've had to file an insurance claim, you better be putting that on your disclosure because I guarantee you when the buyers or the lender starts ordering that um, homeowner's insurance, it's going to pop up any claims that have been filed against the property. That's right. So it, you will get found out. So thorough. Very, very, very thorough. So we've also got inspections that start at that point. So we've got the the number one different types of inspections, home inspection, you got to set that up. You want a licensed home inspector to come in. They go through the entire house, under the house, over the house. They turn everything on and off. They report what's working, what's not working, what's missing, things like that. Just the going over the overall stability of the home and giving a report lot most of the time with photos attached and walking the buyers through the home going over the what they found yeah they only have 17 days to come in and do those inspections as well so any inspections that they're wanting done they have to be done within 17 days yeah so there could be other inspections like roof um termite if someone's concerned about mold, um, there's all kinds. There's multi, many, many, many different inspections depending on the property, depending on the buyer, what your comfort level is. Most of those inspections are going to be upfront costs out of the buyer's pocket unless you've negotiated differently with the seller in the contract, in the purchase agreement. So just make sure you're doing your due diligence on all of your inspections to make to know exactly what the home has, what it needs, if it needs any repairs prior to purchasing it. Because if you find something and the seller is not willing to negotiate and you kind of throw your hands up in the air, at least you know you have time at that point to decide if that home is going to work for you or not. Yeah. So your realtor should be on track. They know their deadlines. They know the dates. They know everything that needs all the inspections, various inspections. They know when the disclosures are supposed to be signed. So it's, it's up to your realtor also to make sure that you're, they're keeping you on track for all that. We also have the appraisal, and that's important. If you are 
borrowing money from a lender bank, uh, most of the time they were, will require you to have an appraisal done. Cash offers, you can waive an appraisal, it's not required, but I think if your agent's doing a good job of running comparables, then you should know pretty much what what the house, the value of the house is without having to do an appraisal. And then, it, you know, towards the end, if it's a 30-day escrow, 45-day escrow, then we've got all the processes for closing. We have to make sure that inspections are done, everyone's ready to move forward, everything looks good. Contingencies released. Contingencies have been released. Final walkthrough done. Yeah. And make sure the seller has everything out of the house. That's important. You can't yeah. turn a house over with stuff still in it. You can't assume that the buyer wants like a dresser that's left behind. Oh, we'll just leave this for the buyer. No, no, no. Unless you specifically included something in the listing, because when we write the listing agreement, we do ask you if there's anything included or excluded from the sale. And so unless you've specifically included something in the sale of the home and the buyer has agreed to keep it, then you need to have that out of there. And then reverse is if there's a chandelier that you want to take with you that's not included in the home sale, we need to make sure that that's in the list agreement and then also counter back to the buyer letting them know and for them to sign that they're not getting this chandelier or whatever that item is that you're wanting to exclude and so when it's time to turn over the keys we need to make sure that everything that's supposed to be out of the house is out of the house and everything that's supposed to remain in the house remains in the house yep and you also make sure that you've acquired your homeowner's insurance mm -hmm. policy we just sat down with when did we have our homeowner's insurance podcast i know we've that had was, one just about six weeks ago okay so you're required especially if you were taking oh, a loan no, out no, no. Oh, no that's zach that was about a month ago okay so we do have a podcast about a month ago on homeowners insurance or various different types of insurance you will be required to show that you do have insurance before we close escrow and um especially if you're lending you know if you're taking out a loan for the the home cash it's not necessarily required but it is a smart yeah. move to insure your property and it's getting harder and harder right now to get homeowners insurance and auto insurance as well due to all of the kind of natural disasters that are happening here in not just in California but Florida you know, some of the hurricane areas, the high fire areas, it is getting harder and harder to acquire that homeowner's insurance. Yeah, so they're all taking sure. off. They're all yeah. leaving California. <laughs> well, they're not leaving California. They're referring out to the California Fair Plan, or they're just not writing policies any longer. Um, but you need to make sure that you get on that right, right away. away as soon as you get an accepted offer. 
I suggest that you start working on getting that homeowner's insurance and getting the quotes for that. And also your title company is going to be calling, the escrow officer is going to be calling probably a a week or so before we close, maybe sooner, to schedule your appointment to come in and sign your final documents with the notary and also provide you with that final, if you're the buyer, what your final amount is that you need to bring to closing with you. And then once that's received, once your loan document, if you're taking out a loan, documents are received from the lender, then they will, escrow will send it over to the counter recorder's office to record. Once it's on record that the buyer is the new owner, then we can all close, take a big sigh of relief, and hand over keys, and the buyers can move in. Yeah, and but then, after the sale too, as your realtors, we want to be there for you to continue providing value to you. If you need vendors, if you need a floor guy, you need a painter, blinds, landscaper, any of that kind of stuff, we want you to feel like you can reach out to us and ask who we have because we do have a list of people that we recommend to you. And so our jobs aren't over after the sale of the house. Not nowhere even close. We're here for you. Whatever you need after the sale, we want to continue building that relationship and that friendship with you and just provide you as much value post sale as we did, you know, throughout the process. Yes, that is correct. correct. So correct mundo. So that kind of wraps up all of well, not there's all a, of them, no, there's a lot more, but we kind of narrowed it down to the more specific ones that involve. There's a lot of behind the scenes um, that people don't realize that realtors, a lot of other paperwork, a lot of other deadlines that are required. But we just hit on the ones for sellers and buyers. So hopefully you guys got some great information out of that. And as always, if you have any questions, you can always contact Sherry or myself. Our contact information is in our podcast. And we look forward to um, our podcast next week. Yeah, don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to. It'll be some great content, as always. As always. Okay, you guys, peace, love, and real estate.